You've heard of Huntley and Brinkley, McNeil and Lehrer, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob and Ray. Now here's Mishigas and Malarkey. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Okay, how you doing? This is our first anniversary show. I didn't realize that. We've been uh, doing it that long, huh? A year. It's unbelievable. Yeah, well, how about that? We've come a long way, and uh, we're going to officially kick off our season three with this episode as well. So uh, uh, episode 37, henceforth, <laughs> known as season three, episode one. Uh, what what uh, big news do we have to report since the last time we were on? Uh, big news. Well, let me see. Uh, Biden gave a speech denouncing the MAGA people and then uh, the people on TV both sides did so that it was uh, what he did was as bad as what they do. Mm. So that was pretty much to be expected. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I, I thought his speech was fine. It was just the production of it was kind of bizarre yeah that was too bad because they kind of gave it like a uh from the depths of hell kind of look yeah that that was odd i mean that it's i think something like that would have been better as just like a fireside chat type thing just sort of like a low key you know just sort of like a low key instead of fire and brimstone yeah remember um Jimmy Carter used to give speeches where he was like sitting in a chair wearing a sweater or something. A cardigan. Like that. A cardigan. Right, right. You know, and I, Mr. I, I think, Rogers. I mean, Biden is um, is an odd public speaker anyway. I, I think all the years in the Senate kind of uh, <laughs> ruined him as a speaker because he's he has, you know, he always, almost always goes on too long. So mm-hmm. the, the one good thing about the speech uh, the other night was that it was fairly concise by Biden's yes, standards. Yes, yeah, it was only about 25 minutes. Right, and he didn't go off on any any bizarre tangents talking mm-hmm. about his family members or anything like that or, you know. That's good. So, yeah, so that was good. But, um, yeah, like you say, looking like he was standing at the gates of hell as he was delivering <laughs> it was was a little strange it was a little awkward so now you know the trump a day or two or three later he does the uh rally in uh where was that wilkes-barre pennsylvania yeah yeah well he walked into the trap essentially yeah biden said these people are bad and trump got up on stage and proved he was right yeah uh, yeah and said no we're not or or he's calling you uh rotten and deplorable so um uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how how it uh, works on the persuadables, because that's all the folks that, you know, we're really kind of uh, concerned about right now. We know, uh, you know, there's about 40 percent of the Republican Party that's MAGA. And uh, so we're wondering, you know, what are the 60 percent going to do? And then the Indies and the Dems, because that to me is a governing coalition. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think what Biden is doing is smart in that he's making Trump the uh, the surrogate for all the uh, the Republican candidates mm-hmm. and uh, putting him on the ballot. Well, remember, in, in 1996, Bill Clinton didn't really run against Bob Dole. He ran against Gingrich. Ah. And, um, you know, because Dole was sort of uh, 
you know, Dole was like a difficult guy to attack, you know, but Gingrich was just pure evil. So right. Clinton really ran against Gingrich. And that worked out fine. OK, so it's the same sort of thing where Strategy. he's yeah, he's substituting, uh, you know, and of course, Trump, you know, Trump sees himself as running, you know, I sure. mean, he's, you know, he he put out a, a release today that he uh, is going to be doing some event in Ohio for the Trump ticket. Like he's not <laughs> calling it the Republican ticket. He's right. calling it the Trump ticket. Like and he sees these idiots yeah. running as, as, you know, his his people. And during the rally, he badmouthed the Republicans, whether he called them rhinos, whether he called them weak, you know, he attacked uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, you know, so basically it's the Trump party. So now we've got, um, uh, what else? The, uh, the special master, right? So do, yeah. do we want to launch right into, is that, do we consider that part of insurrection week or not? I, I don't know i i get well it's not really I mean, okay it's, it's like so then we can take it up thing. we can take yeah. it up now then yeah well i don't know have you ever had a special master uh no no you have, those... you have to pay extra for that yeah i, I know think. no there were those you know twins from amsterdam but not you know other than that no yeah okay yeah okay i was just curious mm -hmm. but uh but yeah, the, the special master thing is strange. I think it, it's another example where Trump heard something once and it stuck in his head. <laughs> and Michael Cohen had a special master and Rudy Giuliani had a special master. So Trump mm -hmm. thought, I have to have a special master. Right, right. And then he, then he did the classic Fred Trump move, which was to shop around and find a judge that they could control. Sure. yep. And uh, I mean, that's like, you know, Fred Trump in Brooklyn in the 1940s, finding mm -hmm. a judge that'll overturn the zoning board or something. Yeah, yeah, it still works. Right, exactly. I mean, that's, now, I don't see, know how long. I mean, you it, know, they, they might reverse it in 24, 48 hours. Yeah, well, see, I, I sincerely believe if you want to understand Trump's strategy, you just think to yourself, what would Fred Trump have done <laughs> back in the 40s or 50s? And that's mm -hmm. exactly what he would he would sure, do. Now. Sure. It's the same version of it. Yeah, well, see, the, the Justice Department has this dilemma. Do they appeal or not? Because mm. if they appeal, it could waste a lot of time. Right. But if they don't appeal, they're letting this ridiculous ruling like just hang out there and right. possibly become precedent. I so, think they should appeal it. But who gets to choose the special master? Uh, well, that's that's a whole other weird thing. Like both sides have to propose candidates. Uh, and um, so is it the same judge that ultimately chooses? Yeah, I guess the judge would decide. So mm. who knows? I mean, she could pick, you know, it'll probably be, you know, who knows? John Eastman or somebody. Could be uh, that guy, Sydney Gate, Powell. Matt Gates. Yeah. Yeah. I think it should be Hillary Clinton. <laughs> uh, I, I floated uh, Jim Comey. Oh, there you go. That's, yeah. a, that's a good choice. That's yeah. a good one right there. So we'll see uh, how that develops. Um, then we go into our absolutely the last pandemic update. So very timely because we've got the Omicron boosters coming out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you scheduled to get one yet? Or, I didn't uh... schedule it, but yeah, I'm gonna. I'll be there. I, I see that they were saying, you know, anybody over sixty, and you know, I mean, ultimately everybody, but. Uh, uh, we're aging boomers, so uh, we we're first in line on the boosters. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I didn't. I 
was thinking of scheduling it, but I want to make sure that they actually have the new stuff. Um, right. You know, I don't want to go get you want the You want the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, seriously, I was thinking to myself, I want to make sure that I know that the uh, CVS is actually going to have the uh, right. The, the one Omicron. with the uh, the Omicron or whatever it is, the yeah. BA5 or whatever the, the idea yeah, is. Yeah. You don't want to go and find out that they got milk that was expired last week. You know? Right, exactly. That yeah. cottage cheese you find in the back of the refrigerator <laughs> or something. So, you know, you got to be careful with that. Same with the Omicron boosters. And then uh, Fauci uh, popped up recently and said uh, the flu is going to be severe. So he wants people to get the flu shots as well. Uh, Yeah, might as well. You know, Uh, would you get would you get. Uh, two shots at the same time. I don't. I, I don't know. Well, I I I've never gotten the flu shot anyway. Right. So, me neither. Um, uh, I I don't know. Getting them both at the same time seems. Um, I mean, they they say that you can do it, but I don't yeah. know. I, I hadn't even really thought. Rather about not. It. Rather not. Yeah. All right. So that's um, just a very short uh, pandemic update. Then we move into the insurrection week. So. Uh, you usually have a better handle on this stuff. Why don't you give us the the latest? Well, the the most interesting thing, well, there's a a few interesting things, but the one that is really interesting is uh, we've talked before about the 14th Amendment. There's a feature of the 14th Amendment that says if you've participated in an insurrection, you can't hold public office in the United States. Mm -hmm. And today, for the first time ever, a court, ruled that one of the January 6th defendants who was convicted and uh, actually served a sentence, uh, he's a county commissioner in New Mexico, and the court has stripped him of his job. They, they said, that, and it's it, what's fascinating about it, it's the first time that a court has done this since 1869. Wow which is, you know, when the 14th Amendment was, you know, just a few years old. Yeah, and, summer uh, of 69. Yeah, there you go. So mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of amazing. Now, I don't know whether it, this guy, uh, the guy who's the, the focus of this, his name is Coy Griffin. He was mm-hmm. the founder of Cowboys for Trump. Right. He's a guy you, you would you would recognize him. He used to ride around on a horse with like a, like a Trump flag and uh, Mm. dressed like a cowboy, of course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, he was at the Capitol on January 6th and he had a bullhorn and he was sort of Mm. like encouraging people to storm the place. And he Mm. did, he didn't go in the building, but he was on the terrace. So he, uh, he was arrested. He, I forget what happened. He was in, he, for some reason he violated his his bail and they put him in jail before his trial and then he had a trial in washington and he was convicted and he was sentenced to 14 days in jail Mm -hmm. but he had already served more than that in pre-trial detention so he was let out but Mm -hmm. it it's an interesting case because he was actually tried in federal court and Mm -hmm. convicted of participating in an insurrection so it's the uh it's the first time that a court has held that January 6th was uh, an insurrection mm-hmm. and, and it's relevant to the 14th Amendment. Great. And they're uh, taking the 14th Amendment out of uh, uh, storage, out of mothballs, and they're dusting it off. So, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but there, there's been other attempts to uh, remember they went after Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right. People sued, and the um, the judge in that case said that they they didn't really have enough evidence that she was involved with the insurrection. Uh, yeah. And then with Madison Cawthorn, it was a similar thing, except he lost his primary, so it became moot. Right. So this is the uh, now this was a, a state court in New Mexico that decided mm -hmm. this. So there's uh, cases in other states, um, I think in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. There's a few different places where uh, people have brought suit to have uh, people taken out of public office because mm -hmm. they participated in January 6th. So it'll be interesting to uh, to see how that plays exactly. out. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and then. then and, and then, of course, Lindsey Graham was threatening riots if Trump gets indicted over the Mar-a-Lago yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of the uh, cherry on top. Yeah, so uh, so that's what's been going on. There's there's other uh, th there's just a lot of stuff going on with the insurrection. This lawyer for the Oath Keepers had a hearing today in court in D.C. Mm -hmm. and uh, the oath uh, the head of the Oath Keepers just got a new lawyer. They're they're going to trial in the fall, so that's mm. going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be a lot of insurrection news throughout the fall because the Oath Keepers trial should be uh, oh should be interesting. And speaking of, uh, aren't the January six committee hearings going to start back up? Yeah, they're supposed to start up too. I don't know if they've had a date for that yet, but mm -hmm. they've been interviewing a lot of people. Um, and then also there's a, a federal grand jury that uh, has been taking a lot of testimony. So we don't know exactly where where that's going to lead. Mm -hmm, so, uh, so, you know, do you think that uh, we're going to have, you know, big developments between now and November 8th, which is the uh, midterm election day? Yeah, probably. The Justice Department is probably going to abide by their unwritten rule that they can't do anything within 60 days of an election. Mm -hmm. But the January 6th committee is still going to have its hearings. So we'll see what, you know, what's and coming up with that. And I think we're just about 60 days right now, you know, give or take. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think this week would be the, uh, the 60, 60 days fall somewhere in this week. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all right. So we'll see. We'll see how it stay goes. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. And and speaking of staying tuned, who's the media? So what we had um, that guy. What was his name? John Harwood. Yeah, uh, yeah. He. Uh, well, he, he let loose, and then then I guess he was fired from CNN. Well, he says that he was told a month ago that hmm. that would be his last day. I see. So it was more like he knew it was his last day. So he figured, ah, what the hell? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, you he, know, for people who are not familiar, he uh, was, I guess, on, uh, was it a Sunday morning program? And he just basically let loose with a, uh, you know, there are no two sides to the truth kind of thing. Well, yeah, actually, I think it was last Friday morning. He was, uh, he was reporting from the White House lawn and, mm -hmm. uh, said you know there's there it's not a both sides thing the one side is you know talking insurrection and trying to stop democracy and the other side isn't and, right uh, you know all that all that sort of thing and then the See, next thing you know he sent out a tweet that was my last uh, day or something so when when harwood left people started saying you know well what about all the others with conscience on cnn because you know they're remaking cnn and uh 
they're supposed to be trying to to be uh, quote unquote less partisan, which means <laughs> have have more uh, Republicans on unchallenged. Right. Um, uh, and so people were saying, you know, where is Tapper? Where is uh, Anderson Cooper? Don Lemon? Uh, who's the other guy that? Uh, uh, has a real sharp tongue. Trump used to call him uh, the beauty. You know, the re- he's a real beauty. Acosta, right? What's his name? Jim Acosta? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everybody was expecting them to, uh, uh, you know, kind of mass exodus from CNN and go over to MSNBC and NBC and talking about how please you know please take over from chuck todd yeah chuck <laughs> they, todd. they keep trying to get rid of chuck todd you know uh, i guess he gets demoted uh, you know another notch every week well they yeah they put him on um i guess he had that show in the afternoon and then they put him on i guess they put him on peacock is that it or, or on something nbc like now or something yeah. like, they put him on like one of the other and it, it 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 just doesn't make any sense. No, I, mean, I don't. No, none I don't of this get... makes any sense. However, I think I understand what CNN is doing. They want to ruin it so badly that we all give up watching it and instead click over to Discovery Plus, where we can watch the Army Hammer story. Oh, there you go. That's well, the strategy, it, I think. Yeah, somebody said they think all the uh, all the women on CNN are going to have to have their hair dyed blonde. Mm. So they'll look like Fox. Speaking of Fox, uh, they had Barr on, and apparently he completely surprised the you know the interviewers by saying that uh, Trump had no business with those materials. Right, right, and uh, he, I think he was on again today. Yeah, I saw somebody posted a clip on on Twitter. He was on again today, saying that he. You know, he disagrees with the judge's ruling and he thinks the Justice Department should appeal it. Mm. And um, he, you know, they asked him at one point about the uh, well, it was actually the he he went on Fox at the end of last week. And then he yes. also did inter- interviews with uh, USA Today, The Wall Street Journal and The New mm. York Times. So he must have a so, book. Well, I think he already had a book, but he he <laughs> he definitely wanted the word to be out. You yes. know, like he was talking to anybody who would talk to him. Right. And he and he said to the New York Times that uh, he thought this idea of a special master was a quote a crock of shit. Oh my goodness! So uh, this is a family program. Yeah. Well, it was in the New York Times. I so uh, so you know now he's saying that you know. Well, he still believes that he's saying the the decision was ridiculous and they should appeal it. So he's uh, he's he's way off the reservation now. He's just off on his own. And uh, right. Speaking of uh, books, I think Maggie, hey, there was a picture today of Maggie Haberman holding up her her new or forthcoming book. Right. uh, uh, Confidence Man. Yeah. Uh, Is there is there anything left for her to say about Donald Trump? I have no idea. I can't imagine what. Uh, so that's that's uh, enough on the media. Now we turn to the Bishigas or Malarkey game, which you have really claimed as your own. Uh, uh, well, somebody <laughs> you, has to. Do you have one? Today? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So if um, for any 
first-time listeners out there, the, the Michigas or Malarkey game is I'm going to tell a story or I'm going to describe something, and it's either Michigas or Malarkey, meaning Michigas, meaning it's, uh, it's a true story. It's just something really crazy, or Malarkey, it's just something made up. It's right. not true at all. Now, now this is, um, this is uh, based on, there's a guy named Doug Mastriano who's running uh, for office in Pennsylvania and uh, he's running for governor of Pennsylvania right. and he's an extreme right winger and was an officer in the army at one point. But anyway, he, he was photographed in a Confederate uniform and the photo was making the rounds last week and people mm -hmm. were outraged. He's running for office in Pennsylvania and he's posing mm -hmm. in a Confederate uniform and uh, Pennsylvania was in, was invaded by the Confederate Army. Of course, at the Battle of Gettysburg was mm -hmm. the, uh, the turning point in the war. Mm -hmm. So people were outraged. But the what this made me think of is there, there was a Pennsylvania regiment that fought in the Confederate Army. Mm -hmm. There were Pennsylvanians who went to the South and formed their own regiment. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, there weren't that many of them. The reason that we know this is because it's like an odd footnote to history. They called themselves the Buchanan Guard Ooh. in honor of James Buchanan, who had been the president before Lincoln, and he was uh, considered sympathetic to the South. So these Pennsylvania Confederates called themselves the Buchanan Guard, and Buchanan was not very happy about it, but he... Uh, he wrote an open letter denouncing them. That's that's the only reason they really turn up in history because they didn't do much in the war. They went down to, uh, they were posted in South Carolina, I think it was, and most of them got dysentery and they, they <laughs> like like many Civil War outfits, they they lost more people to dysentery than to bullets, and they sort of know. like fell apart. So. Um, so it's possible that this Mastriano was actually cosplaying a member of the Buchanan Guard, the, mm. the Pennsylvanians who fought for the Confederacy. Mm -hmm. Now, is that true? Was was there a regiment of Pennsylvanians who fought in the Confederate Army? Wow. Is that Michigas or is that Malarkey? Yikes. Uh, we know the Civil War was complicated. Yes, yes. And in fact, uh, you know, I was uh, looking into this uh, topic uh, in the last week or two, and and I know that uh, Pennsylvania sent, I believe it was three hundred and sixty thousand men into the Union Army, more sounds, than yeah, yeah, yeah more yeah, than any lot, state, yeah. more than any state except New York. So yeah. um, you know, on the one hand, uh, it's doubtful that you know that that there was this uh regiment or this this outfit but it would explain what he's doing in the uniform because as i understood it when i was looking at it i, I didn't uh, see any reference to to what to your topic specifically but i saw that he had he'd been in the army right he served in the army and and he was a professor or on the faculty of the Army War College. Right. And this was a faculty photograph. Now I'm really intruding on on your your space here. Uh, but I just happened to be, you know, researching this. And, you know, he was standing there in the Confederate outfit and the other it was a faculty photograph. The other uh, professors 
were not uh, really dressed up, or you know, if they were, there was just a range of casual versus. Yeah, there, yeah, there were one or two. One guy was dressed as uh, it looked like a Revolutionary War ranger, and okay. there was somebody else that had some kind of a, a vintage something or other. I yeah. forget now what it was. So I'm going to say, you know, so so it's possible that he taught. In other words, if he was on the faculty of the War College, he might have taught from the confederate side of things or you know he may have been an expert in you know confederate uh history in pennsylvania so that makes me think that you know at least this would be a a reason for why he was dressed like that so i'm gonna say that it's true there was a group like this of uh, you know pennsylvanians who went down to the confederacy so that makes it michigasa not malarkey well Sad to say, it is malarkey. Oh, I, the, the, I you made tricked up. Me. I made up the Buchanan Guard. There, I there was... were there were isolated um, examples of people from Pennsylvania who became officers. I think there was only two. There, there were two guys who uh, they had actually married women from the South after uh, they had gone to West Point, and then they lived in the South. And then when the war broke out, they just stayed there. Yes. But the, so they were native Pennsylvanians who uh, became Confederate officers. But there was right. there was no Confederate uh, regiment from Very Pennsylvania, good. and uh, there was no Buchanan Guard. Although um, I, I was kind of. When I made it up, I thought, you know, that really does sound like something. Yeah. It's so nuts. It sounds like something exactly. that could have hey, happened. Hollywood, if you're listening, I hope you could find the Buchanan regiment story. Well, but yeah, we'll but Buchanan was sympathetic to the South yes. in, in an odd way. And he was from Pennsylvania. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's something that could have happened, but it yes. didn't. So it, so it does not explain Doug Mastriano. However. All right. So <laughs> it, it, he, what what so he was Mastri doing was just completely, <laughs> completely nuts. It, it remains, it, uh, it remains uh, incomprehensible. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was just incomprehensible zaniness on his part. It doesn't, okay. He was not cosplaying a member of the Buchanan Guard. Gotcha. All right. Well, that was a good one. That was a good one. And now we turn to uh, hit list or shit list. And um, you gave such a great uh, report on uh, what was it? Better Call Saul, the finale on that, right? And um, you might have something to add uh, here. I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you watch Hulu or saw Normal People. Yes, which, yeah, yeah, I did watch oh, you I watched did it. did see that. Um, it was yeah, years I watched ago. That last year, I guess. Yeah. Yes. And so the way that I came to it just, you know, last month was I was looking for something, you know, an interesting movie that I hadn't seen that maybe was a new one because now pretty much I haven't gone to any movie theaters since the pandemic. Although in 105 degree heat, I might have gone, you know, the other day if that had continued. Uh, just just for the air conditioning, like in the old days when they used right. to, you know, promote the air conditioning in the theaters. Um, but I came across this wacky movie. I get, maybe it was on Amazon called Fresh, and I thought, oh, okay, you know, I hadn't haven't heard of this, and you know, looks like there's a uh, some you know new young actress that's uh, starring in this thing that I never heard of. So I decided to watch it. And it was a big mistake to watch the movie because uh, do you know anything about it? 
Yeah, yeah. It's it sounds a little grisly for your taste. Yeah, uh, not only sounds. I mean, this was you know, and and I get it. It was like a parody of you know the uh, uh, what would you call those things? They're like Grindhouse or yeah, yeah, like uh, slashers. Slasher yes, yeah, yeah. It's a parody of that, and I believe it was written and directed and produced by women. And so you know, it was kind of you know, once I once it started, I was like oh my god this is so awful i have to hold my hand in front of my face you know i can't watch some of this stuff but you know but what are they what's the point of this like what are they trying to say so you know i did my best to follow along but there was this actress who was you know pretty interesting and i had never seen her before so i started you know wondering well what else was she in and of course in the reviews it referred to this normal people so i i tuned that in and it's a bbc production right so i thought well maybe you know robert knows about this and it takes place in uh, ireland most of it in dublin at trinity college now that said it's pretty uh, explicit you know it's like uh uh what do they say mature audiences only and right. uh, so you know but uh apart from that i thought the you know the acting it was uh you know young young people in college actually uh uh, high schoolers and then, you know, moving into college and uh, the romance, you know, between uh, uh, a young woman and a young man and all the uh, complications. And so that, you know, brought me to uh, Sally Rooney, who apparently everybody else knows about is a uh, now a famous, she was called the, uh, the first great, uh, what is it, millennial uh, author? Yeah, yeah, she's a huge, very popular uh, novelist. Um, I think, I guess, normal people might have been her second book. Yes, that's right. And now I'm watching the conversations with friends, which I don't like as much, uh, but also on Hulu as a BBC production. Yeah, I um, I knew about the show Normal People because I think I had seen people in Ireland and England mention it on Twitter or something mm -hmm. like that. I mean, I, I was aware that there was such a show and then it went on Hulu and then I, there was a lot of talk about it on Hulu. So I watched it, I guess like in the first week or two that it was on Hulu and uh, it, it's really quite good. I, I had no idea who the, uh, the actor or actress all were. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Daisy Edgar Jones is, is the actress and uh, mm -hmm. she, she, yeah, she's really wonderful. And then the guy, Paul Mescal. He's good is, too. Uh, all right. So uh, well, I guess that'll do a it new for season. Now. A new yeah, season. Yeah. A new season. And a new well, there's going to be, going to be a lot of stuff happening in the fall. All right. So, so uh, uh, buckle your seatbelt. Yeah. There you go. So, take care. Okay. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Okay.